0: And when that day comes, Joshua said, I want you to remember the altar of memorial. I want you to remember what God has done. I want to remind you of the miraculous provision that God has already worked for you. Come back to this place. Look upon these stones and tell yourself uh, this is what God has already done for us. This is how God has already provided for us. These are the miracles that God has already worked. And if he has done it before, he will do it again. If he has provided in the past, he's going to provide in the future. If he has brought us this far, he's not going to abandon us here on the other side of the river, but he's going to take us all the way. There's a timeless truth contained in Joshua's compulsion to build an altar. Our memories are short. And if we are not careful, the record of the mighty things that God has done for us will be lost to history. Never to be remembered. They have to be repeated. You've got to keep them fresh on your mind. You've got to stir it up again. The the stories need to be told. They need to be retold. They need to be passed from one generation to another. You've got to stop sometimes. You've got to disrupt the schedule some. sometimes. Sometimes you've got to say, you know what, this isn't going to be like any other day. Come on and sit down with me for a minute and let me tell you what God has done. Let me tell you where God has brought us from. Let me tell you how God has provided for us because there are going to be times that the obstacle seems too great, that the problem seems too large, that the gap seems too wide. And on that day, you're going to need to remember this is what God has done. We recognize that as we, as a church, and we're standing here at the end of this reset, August reset, month of very special services and and what the the prelude to getting here is, is a, a prophetic word that was spoken over this church two months ago that we're entering a new season that there's some things that have evaded us that God's about to open up the door that there's an open door that's sitting before this church and we have stepped into that in faith and we believe that we are in a new season And we believe that there are in a new season just as well as whenever the Israelites crossed over into that promised land. That there are new enemies that have to be conquered. There are new mountains that have to be climbed. uh, That there are going to be problems. There are going to be situations. There are going to be circumstances that are going to come against us. And so we need to be reminded of the miracles that God has already worked for us. And so on this Sunday afternoon, we invite you to take a journey with us as we go back to 1976, when God first placed a burden for Lake City into the heart of this tremendous man of God that's sitting here in a wheelchair this morning. It was during a tent revival at the old fairgrounds in Jonesboro, Arkansas, that God first began to deal with Brother Anderson about putting a church in Lake City. So Brother Anderson, in an effort to answer the call of God, came to this city. This is just eight miles east of that old campground and our fairground. And he began to look for a building that could house a church. Now, he, didn't, he wouldn't mind to tell you if he were up here that things were tight. In 1976, there, there wasn't a lot of money. There weren't, weren't a lot of extra resources. But Brother Anderson had a clear mandate from God. So he went looking for a place to build God a house. And if you'll change the slide, that's what he found. What he found was an old burned out building in the center of the town, building that had been a lot of different things over the years. It had been a pool hall. It had been a meeting house. It had most recently been a laundromat. It was centrally located between the post office and the city hall, and and it was a place that Brother Anderson felt certain that this was the place where he was supposed to plant a church. So he went to the owner of the building, And they arranged a purchase price of $1,200. Brother Anderson paid $100 down. And he promised the man that he'd give him another $100. And he secured that by going home and selling a shotgun. So he could put a church in Lake City. And from those humble roots, God began to raise up a church. With the help of his former pastor, Brother Anderson managed to pay off the building. And a group of men began to work together to clean up that old burned out building. he told me Monday night that they hauled off 25 pickup loads of old washing machines and building debris and trash. Now even in 1969, it cost a lot of money to deliver that much trash to the county dump. But God had his hand on that fledgling work and, and, and an old farmer in the community stepped up and said you know what I've got an old slough outside of town and we've been working on filling that in and if you want to you can haul all that trash down there and you can dump it there because we're going we're gonna to push over it and we're going to fill it in uh, and so God miraculously provided a place for a building to start God miraculously provided the money to pay for the building. God miraculously provided the labor to begin to work on the building and God miraculously provided a place to put the trash when they didn't have the money to carry it. I'm in this place today because I'm about to build an altar of memorial unto God. These aren't stones from a riverbed. Uh, These are bricks from an old building and in a little while you'll understand the significance uh, of the brick. Uh, But let me tell you what this brick means to me. This brick means uh, that there's a church in Lake City, Arkansas because God wanted a church in Lake City, Arkansas. There's not a church here just because Brother Anderson got a wild idea and decided he'd go try to build a church. There's a church here because God put it in his heart to found a church in Lake City, Arkansas. There wasn't enough money. There weren't enough men. There weren't enough opportunities. There wasn't enough resources. But that didn't stop anything because God said, I want to put a church in Lake City, Arkansas. When they come to you and they ask you, what does that stone mean? You tell them that means that there's a church here because God wanted a church in Lake City, Arkansas. We're here because this is God's plan. They held their first service in April of 1976 on a Wednesday night. The following Sunday, they had 15 people in their first Sunday school. The building wasn't finished. The rafters were bare. Men were working in their spare time in the evenings and in between services to try to get that old building done, but that didn't stop revival. From the very first Sunday, they began to preach truth in this community. They began to love people in this city. They began to reach out to the lost and the hurt and the destitute, and they began to make a difference in the city of Lake City three years later in 1979 Brother Anderson turned the corner by the old church looked upon the familiar shape of an abandoned gas station that had been out of service for several years and God spoke to him he said and told him that day I want you to buy that gas station he told me Monday night, said, Brother McCall, i driven by it a lot of times. But on that day, God spoke to me. and said, I want you to buy that building. It was just across the alley from the current facilities. And, and Brother Anderson's initial thought was that it, it'd make a nice parking lot. And so they went out and they bought it. And with a group of kids, they started tearing it down. You can look at the pictures. I'll make them available. There. As a matter of fact, we're going to the fellowship hall. They're on the walls. You can look at them right up close and personal. There ain't an adult on that roof. Don't call OSHA. Amen. They begin to tear that thing down. Brother Anderson told me one night we looked at that picture. He said, "I know it was risky. I, I knew that it was it was fraught with danger." But he said, "Let me tell you something. Not one of those young people ever got hurt." Now, there wasn't one injury in the whole thing. And we tore that building down together. We we made a way where there didn't seem to be any way. God took care of us and God provided for us. And, and God, you, you just don't do that unless you've got God on your side. They tore that old building down and God put it in Brother Anderson's heart as they were taken it down that he was going to build an auditorium there, not just a parking lot, but they're going to build a building. The only problem was that times were tough in 1979. This region is, a, is an agricultural region, and there was a tremendous drought. There wasn't any money. There wasn't a whole lot of chance of getting any money. It just didn't seem like the right time to launch a building project. Brother Anderson said that an elder minister friend of his came to him and he said these words. He said, Brother Anderson, when you're going through a dry spell and you can't see any miracles anywhere, always remember that you can't ever expect God to start filling the ditches until you first dig the ditches. And said, Brother Anderson said, from right there, he made up his mind. And so in the middle of a drought with no idea how things would come together, the elders said, we went out and we started digging ditches. Uh, we started digging footings. Uh, we started putting up forms. We didn't have any contract, any concrete. We didn't have any money to buy any concrete. Uh, but we started digging footings. Uh, we started putting up forms. Uh, we started getting ready to put a foundation down that we could only see in a vision that God had given us. You know what God did? God made a way when there didn't seem to be any way. In just a very short amount of time, the finances came available to buy the concrete to pour that old slat. But there was one hang-up. There wouldn't be any money left over to hire somebody to finish that concrete slab. Brother Anderson called an old friend of his, a brother by the name of Brother Robert it was a Church of God pastor, pastor of two different churches, but he was also a concrete finisher. And he asked Brother Robert, he said, Brother Robert, can you come over and finish this concrete for us? We can, we can get a crew together. We can help you. Maybe that'll help mitigate the cost. We can get right out there with you. We're willing to work. We just need somebody that knows what they're doing. And Brother Robert said, I, I'd rather you guys just stay out of my way. Let me bring my crew in. Let me, let me finish it with my crew. And we'll, we'll get it right and we'll do it well. And Brother Anderson said, you know, Robert, that, that's good, but I'm not sure we can afford that. That's kind of out of the budget. There's, just not the, there's not the funding for that. Robert said, let me tell you what you do, preacher. You go down there to the fish house and you buy you some of that old buffalo fish. And you get you some onion rings and, and, and some hush puppies. And you bring your fish cooker down here to where this old slab is going to be poured. Uh, and you get the grease hot. And this is what we'll do. They'll pour the concrete and we'll finish it. Uh, and we'll just eat while we work. Uh, and for the price uh, of a fish dinner, uh, they finished uh, a concrete foundation uh, for the old auditorium that we started in. Let me tell you what this brick means. Let me tell you what this stone means to me. It means when there wasn't any money, when there wasn't any way, when there wasn't any resources, when we didn't know where our help was coming from. Uh, our help came from the Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth. Uh, our help came from the one uh, who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We didn't know where it was going to come from, but we decided we're going to build a ditch. Uh, we're going to dig a ditch. Uh, we're going to put up some farms. Uh, that's what this brick means to me. Uh, it means that God made a way when there seemed to be no way. Amen. When they come and they ask you, what's that brick mean? What do these rocks mean? What do these old stones mean? You tell them that God made a way when there seemed to be no way. They're going to come times again when there doesn't seem to be any way. And we need to remember a God who made a way when there was no way. There are going to be times again when there's droughts and things are lean, and we don't know where the resources are coming from. And when the pastor is going to put out a vision that you're going to say, there ain't any funding for that. We can't afford that. I'm here to tell you, we serve a God that's already done it before. And if he did it before, he's going to do it again. When they tore down the service station, they saved the materials. The lumber and the bricks and everything that they thought they might could use again. In particular, they cleaned and stacked the bricks. One day, Brother Anderson was, he said he was looking at that stack of bricks when all of a sudden God placed an incredible thought in his mind. A lot of those old buildings down main streets of towns were built out of double-walled brick. Didn't have any wood structure in the walls, just double-walled brick. And he said, I was sitting there looking at that pile of brick. And he said, it began to dawn on me. Something began to rise up inside of me. And I began to believe, you know what, we can build this auditorium. We can't afford the lumber, but we got some bricks, and we can build this auditorium out of these old bricks. Uh, he, he, he said they they started talking about it uh, and somebody remembered that that Mr. Gifford had just dumped a whole bunch of bricks down at the dump, uh, amen. And they said, you know, we can go get those bricks uh, and, and we can start compiling them together and, and we can start putting it. Said, it doesn't matter where they come from. Some of them may come from a foundation somewhere. Some of them may come from a chimney somewhere. Some of them are going to come from the county dump, uh, but that's okay uh, because if we can get enough brick in here, we can build a the church, uh, amen, and so they got all brick crazy, they started looking for bricks, they went out hunting for places, uh, and somebody got over around Perigold, and they found a place that was selling brick for $50 a thousand, and so they started hauling brick out of paragold for $50 a thousand, it seemed like the deal of the century, it seemed like it was all going to work, the pastor had an idea, and God made a way. They hauled 3,000 bricks, and then the guy called them and said, You know what? We're going to shut this little operation down. You see, this fella come over from Memphis, Tennessee, and he's willing to give us $100 a thousand. And we're just going to have to cut you off. We can get more money than that. You're done. You know, it seemed there for a minute now like that uh, pastor may have messed up. You know, and maybe he, maybe, he, maybe he wasn't so sure about this vision God's given him. You know, all of a sudden, the, the we, we've already got everything we can get out of the dump. We've already gathered everything we can, and, and, now, and now our source has dried up. Somebody got over around Caraway, a little place called Mandalay, and they spotted some brick in big stacks sitting out in a field of grown-up weeds. They called Pastor Anderson and said, Come over, I need you to look at this. We need to see this. And they were good bricks, they were clean. Somebody had already taken the time to clean them up and get them ready, and they stacked and ready to go. And so they said, "We need to find out who owns this and see if we can buy these." And finally, they tracked the guy down in Memphis, Tennessee, that owned them. And he they came to him and said, "Mister, you know we we really need some brick. How much do you think you'd be willing to sell that brick to us for?" God had another plan. He said, "Oh, so your church? I'll tell you what I'd do for a tax deductible receipt." I'll just write the whole thing over to you. And he donated 16,000 bricks to the church. It didn't cost them a dime. It didn't cost them anything but the sweat and the labor and the gasoline to go over to Caraway, Arkansas, a little place called Mandalay and stack bricks uh, and haul them over to build a church. You want to know what this brick means to me? Let me tell you what this brick means to me. It means that when one door closed, uh, God opened another. It means that whenever it seemed like they yanked the carpet out from underneath us, uh, that God said, you know what, I got a plan. Uh, Just step out on faith. Uh, Just trust Him me because I'm going to take care of you. And whenever God got done, he opened a better door, a bigger door. He made a better way. You know what this brick means to me? It means that if God has called you to the task, he's going to equip you for the task. It means that if God has given the vision, he's going to provide the means to, to take care of the vision. When they ask you, what does that brick mean to you? You tell them that brick means uh, that God is watching over me, that he knows right where I live. He knows my zip code. He knows what's going on. Uh, It may seem like a calamity to me. It may seem like a disaster to me. It may seem like I don't know where I'm going to go. But if I just put my faith in him, he's going to take care of me. You know, that story has a second chapter. As they were laying those bricks, getting closer to being done with the job, a man pulled up and asked them, said, you know, I need to buy some bricks. Anyway, y'all sell me some of them bricks. Brother Anderson said, we quickly told him, no, we're probably going to need everything we got. We probably don't have anything to spare. And so he said, i tell you what, preacher, said, I need, I need 2,000 bricks. I'll give you $200 a thousand, and I'll donate another $200 to the church. They said, how quick you need them? Brother Anderson said, I remember when we were paying $50 a thousand. We got 3000 We spent $150. They yanked the carpet out from underneath us, and we thought this was the end. We thought this was horrible. We thought this was terrible, but here's God on the other side of our calamity saying, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it back to you with interest. Uh, amen. I'm going to take care of the 150 you spent, uh, and I'm just going to keep compounding it on top of it. Amen. Whenever you get done, uh, you're going to be blessed. Uh, that's what that brick means to me. So they got moved into the building, but they didn't have the money to finish it. They were having church in a building that the rafters were showing. Walls didn't have any sheetrock on them. Carpet was missing, just raw concrete. Brother Anderson said he approached the banker about maybe borrowing some money. See, up to this point, they built that building. They didn't borrow any money. $2,000 was all they owed on what you see in those pictures, 40 by 60. Brick building with rafters. The, the, the 2000 they spent was to get extra long, good lumber to make the span for the rafters. Brother Anderson said he went to the banker. He said, I need to borrow a little bit of money. I'm going to try to finish things up. The banker was reluctant, reluctant to loan the money to the church because he didn't think they were asking for enough. He said, there is no way that you can do what you say you want to do with the amount of money that you're asking for. You can't, it, it can't happen. Sorry, we, we're not going to invest in something that, that, that's only going to get part of the way done. You're not going to be able to finish it, and you can't finish it for the kind of money that you're asking for. I said, you need to run over to the savings and loan. They'll, they'll loan you the whole whatever you need. They'll just put you a line of credit or whatever. So said, went over and talked to the savings and loan. The interest was so much different that it would have cost an extra $11,000 in interest alone. I said that I knew right off, Brother Anderson. just said, that, that wasn't the will of God. So, so we just walked away. A few nights later, in a church service, Brother Woodrow Pulley approached Brother Anderson and said, Tell you what, Pastor, we need some sheetrock in this building. If you'll go out and find it, I'll pay for it. You just go ahead and you go find sheetrock, you get somebody to finish that stuff. Don't worry about what it's going to cost. I got you covered. He said he called Jerry Mize, Brandon Mize's daddy. After he found the sheetrock, found the sheetrock half price at a lumber yard that was going out of business. <laughs> when you step up and you say, You know, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to bless the church, God has a way of just saying, You I'm going to go ahead and fray the cost of that. I'm going, go ahead, I'm going to go ahead and provide that sheetrock, brand new sheetrock at half price. Uh, amen. God knows exactly what's going on. Amen. He knows exactly how to bless. Amen. So they called Brother Jeremiah. Brother Jeremiah said, You know, I've got a big job coming. I've only got two days, but if you can get that sheetrock in there and if we can get it done in two days, I'll, I'll take care of it. And so, when and saw the banker, the banker said, Nope. Went to church. <laughs> God said yes. Two days. Two days. They bought half price sheetrock, hauled it in, hung it on those walls, and Brother Jeremiah finished them. Let me tell you what this brick means to me. It means that God worked a miracle with that sheetrock in that other building. And if he did it before, he can do it again. It means that whatever I need, uh, whenever the situation looks impossible, when the banker says no, when the economy says no, when the doctor says no, whenever everything around me is saying no, if I put my eyes on the Master, uh, if I keep my faith in Him... He's going to take care of me. That's what this rock means to me. It means I can step out into the storm with full confidence that he's going to take care of his own. When they ask you what that brick means, you tell them that means, amen, that whenever everything around me is a stop sign, if God says go, I'm going. Amen. When everything around me is a red light, if God says step, I'm stepping because I'm not governed by what I see around me. I'm not governed by what I can comprehend with my mind. I'm not governed by what makes carnal sense to me. I'm governed by what God says for me to do. And I got news for you, honey. This church is moving where God says it's going to move. This church is going to do what God says it's going to do. Amen. We're going to take a step by faith and we're just going to see what God can do because the God that did it before he'll do it again amen a few services later they're still having church on a bare concrete floor Brother Woodrow Pulley's wife Sister Pulley came to Brother Anderson she said you know pastor I'm tired of watching the kids sitting on a cold bare concrete floor it's time to get some carpet, Pastor. She said, I, I got a little money put away, but I don't want you to tell anybody about this because my husband, Brother Woodrow's already paid for the sheetrock. I don't want you to tell anybody what we're about to do. But said, you go find some carpet, and you get somebody that can lay that carpet. Amen, and I'm going to take care of it, Pastor. You just go, They went all the way to Georgia to get the carpet. Amen. Found it. I got it. Amen. God makes a way when there doesn't seem to be a way amen, and then when he's making, you come to the pastor and say, pastor, I'll tell you what, you know, here's a blank check, do what you got to do, and pastor's still saying, all right, God, I believe you can cut the price in half, Uh, amen, I'll drive all the way to Georgia to buy clothes out, carpet, uh, because I understand, uh, amen, I've been through the times when there wasn't any, I've been through the times when things were tight, uh, amen, and I just got my faith in you, and I'm going to be frugal with what God has given, I'm going to tell you something, uh, you can trust God, and you can trust the man of God, we're going to do our best to do our best, take care of the church uh, in every situation, in every circumstance. uh, And our job is to follow him, uh, amen. And your job is to follow us, amen. What this stone tells me is that if I keep following him and you keep following me, we're gonna end up where God wants us to be, amen. We're gonna see God do what only God can do. There will be an apostolic church uh, in Lake City, Arkansas when the trumpet of God sounds uh, because God put us here. That's what that stone means to me. Amen. It means that I serve a God. (laughs) Nothing is impossible with Him. Nothing is impossible with Him. A few weeks later, Brother Anderson ran into the banker in town. The banker said, Hey, preacher, how's the building project going? Brother Henderson said You remember that sheet rock that we didn't have the money to buy? It's done. We done bought it. We done hung it and we done finished it. I, it's done. You remember that carpet uh, that we didn't have the money to buy? You need to come over to the church uh, and check it out uh, because it's already been done. Uh, Amen. We done went and bought it. uh, We done went and laid it. uh, And we're having church uh, on brand new carpet. Uh, He said the banker stopped right there and said, let me tell you something pastor, you don't need a bank uh, because you got God on your side. Uh, Let me tell you what this brick means to me. This brick means, uh, amen, that I've got God uh, on my side. Uh, This brick means to me that he is with me. And if he is for me, there is none that can stand against me. This brick means to me that my God that brought me this far is going to take me on. He's going to provide for me. Amen. That's what the brick means. I could go on and on and on. 30 Eight years of miraculous provision my wife and I sat Monday evening and listened to Brother Anderson recount these miracles and others that I haven't if I took the time to tell it all we'd be here all night long but it became obvious to us that there's a a lot of ways that our story mirrors their story. What God has done in the last six years bears a lot of resemblance to what God did in the first six years. Sister McCall and I never intended to pastor this church. As a matter of fact, we never even intended to preach here. We were very content where we were. I was the associate pastor in the church that my wife grew up in. We had just built a beautiful, beautiful auditorium, new building. And as long as I was willing to be there, there was going to be a place for me in that church. I thought I knew what I wanted. I didn't even arrange to come preach here. Brother Greg Anderson called my pastor And said, I need somebody to fill in on a Wednesday night and a Sunday night. Brother Andrew preached that Wednesday night. And I preached that Sunday night. And neither one of us knew that this church would be at that time, that the arrangements were made a month or so before we would come, that that at that time the church would be in the middle of a pastoral search. Even knowing that, though, when we came to preach here that Sunday night, it never crossed our minds that we would ever call Lake City home. As far as we were concerned, we we're going to preach a one-time service. We we're going in to encourage a church that we knew needed encouragement. we were going to bless. God, I, I, I remember the sermon I preached that night. I know I felt, I heard from God that night. I felt what God wanted to do in Lake City. And we came in here and we preached that Sunday night. And we walked away from that Sunday night and we said to each other, somebody, Ought to go help that little church out. There wasn't just a few people left. There wasn't there wasn't a whole lot there. Somebody ought to go be a blessing to that church. We just never imagined that that somebody would be us. Over the next few weeks, God called us in an unmistakable manner and then he confirmed that calling over and over and over again until we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt we were certain that this was where God wanted us to be we were voted in by 14 people we had 24 on our first Sunday In that first year In the old building There were a lot of Sunday nights Where there were just a few of us Gathered together We we prided ourselves in the fact that we, Brother Ryan, we never got below Eleven Single digits seemed like it would be The end of the world But when there were just eleven of us We preached We worshipped And we sang Like there were a hundred and eleven we made up our mind we were going to have church whether everybody showed up or whether nobody showed up I'll never forget my first Sunday night preaching in Lake City as pastor I had just gotten started preaching good when old brother Ollie and that's you need to back up that is brother Ollie that's Brother Ollie at about 1980 or 81 or somewhere back in there. The blue walls. Brother Ollie's a worshiper. Always was a worshiper. He'd get to whoop shout. We were See, we were here. He was still in good health when we first came. and he, We got to hear Brother Ollie whoop and holler and hollering, shout and dance. That first Sunday night in Lake City, I just got started preaching good when Brother Ollie come marching down the center aisle frail old man he stood up back on the we were in the old building it was this side near the back when he stood up and started down that middle aisle I thought Brother Jackson I thought what in the world have I got myself into what is this fella about to do don't he know I'm preaching he marched right down got right in front of the pulpit and he stuck his bony finger right up in my face he said, Preach it, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor. Then he retreated over to that little corner, and he started dancing. And he started shouting. shout. <laughs> I told this. I told it at his funeral, and that's why I'm crying. I knew then, that moment, beyond a shadow of a doubt, we were where God us I knew I'll always be grateful to Brother Ollie it was one of the hardest things that I've done as pastor to bury him but I have this confidence we're going to dance together on streets of gold we're going to worship together around the throne let me tell you what this brick means to me I've told you I have firm, full confidence that the elder came to Lake City in the will of God, that he was here because God put him here. Let me tell you what this brick means. It means that just as surely as God wanted a church in Lake City in 1976, God wanted the McCall family in Lake City in 2008. We're here because God put us here. And we're here until God is done with us here. I told Brother Bishop Anderson, our district superintendent, when I came here, I said, Brother Anderson, I came to buy me a funeral plot. Buy me a place in the graveyard. I'm here to die here. And I still feel that way. We're in Lake City. And when they ask you what this brick means, it means that we're here because God isn't finished with an apostolic church in Lake City, Arkansas. We're here because God wasn't done yet. We're here because it may have looked like it was over. It may have looked like it was finished. It may have looked like everybody had left. It may have looked like there wasn't nothing left uh, but just a small remnant. uh, But God wasn't done. Uh, God wasn't finished. Uh, Amen. We we may have been in a pause uh, before the promise, uh, but God hadn't forgotten uh, his promise that's what that brick means to me the building that we inherited brother Anderson everything I'm going to say to you he said to me so I'm looking for tissues somebody find me a tissue before I knock over everything on the platform what I'm going to say to you he said to me so this is in no way a slight against what we had but the building that we inherited Was built on prayer and a shoestring. In 1979, it was built from used, recycled, refurbished, reclaimed lumber. Most of the materials that were in that building were were old when that building was new. Some of those timbers, Brother Anderson said last night, were 90 and 100 years old. It's still standing. That's the grace of God. They're going to knock it down sometime this year. They're going to have to knock it down. God provided for them in 1979, and he knew when he did that we would be there in 2008 and that he was going to provide for us. So without any money in the bank, without any resources to speak of, hey, things were tight. In 1976, and things were still tight in 2008, but we said, you know what, we need to remodel this place, we don't have anything else, we never imagined we'd be here. We don't have anything, so we're going to do the best with what we've got. We're going to make it as nice as we can make it. We're going to put our best foot forward. When a visitor comes into this house, uh, they're going to see a place that is loved, cared for, and that that we're doing our best to show our very best. And so without any money and without any resources, we begin to do our best to just change the face of everything. Even the kids kicked in and helped out. Everybody had a part. We didn't have any any means. My wife and I weren't independently wealthy. <laughs> we were far from that. church didn't have a huge bankroll or anything of that nature. We were pastoring and have for quite some time without taking a salary from the church. What this brick means to me is that the same way that God made a way for him God made a way for us. The same. Now, it wasn't always the dramatic, miraculous. I'll talk about some miracles because there have been miracles, but it wasn't always the dramatic, miraculous that that we talked about that happened in in 1979. But but it was just that the money was there. It was there. It just kept being there. Amen. Sometimes we we were living from week to week. We were living from month to month. uh, But whenever we wanted to do something, whenever we were trying to fix something, whenever we painted the auditorium and the ceiling fell in, we found the money somewhere to fix things, to make them right. Amen. to build a church so we could reach a community. This brick means to me that my God... His God, your God. He's going to take care of us. I got news: things were tight in nineteen seventy nine. Things were tight. Two thousand and eight, and things are still tight in two thousand and fourteen. And I'm just afraid. I'm just. I'm just made up my mind. I'm not going to be afraid of it, and I ain't going to be scared of it. He ain't never let me down yet. He had never given me a vision yet that he hasn't provided a way to do it. And we haven't yet cast a vision that there was the financing in the bank to do it when we said we wanted to do it. Not a single time. From 1976 to now, We've never stood up and said, all right, we got $100,000 in the bank. We're going to do this. It's always been on a shoestring in a prayer and God had never let us down. Uh, he had never backed up on his word. He had never let us step out on faith and left us standing there. He's always been there. We hadn't been here long when this, this building caught my wife's eye. I, I'm not even looking at the clock. I know I'm preaching long. You just got to forgive me. This is the one sermon out of the year pastors allowed to preach two hours. Can I get a second? <laughs> this building was vacant. It had been vacant for as long as we have been in Lake City. Sister McCall drove by it nearly every day. And she started praying about it. And then after a little while, she wasn't content with praying about it. She started bugging me about it. Honey, why don't you call and see how much they want for that building. I said, baby, don't you know? I don't even know how I'm going to pay the light bill. that building is far beyond anything we could ever think to afford. Why don't you just call and find out? I bet they'd take less for it than they think. Anybody else's wife do them that way? (laughs) So finally, I thought, you know, I'm going to make that phone call. I'm going to shut her up. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to nip that right in the butt. So I called the realtor. Yep, just what I thought. They want $280,000 for this building. Uh, we don't even have $280. We didn't even have 100 bucks in the building fund. I come home and told her, I said, Baby, that, you can go ahead and write that one off. It was a good idea. I'd love to do it, but you know, God, it just it, it ain't happening. We don't have that kind of money. It's funny how God works, because it was a few weeks later, maybe even a month later, I ran into a Methodist minister, a Methodist preacher. Forgive me if you're Methodist. We got to talking like preachers do, and I, I told him, I said, I pastor in Lake City. He said, Oh, you're, you mean you're from Lake City? <laughs> yeah. He said, have you ever seen, there's this little Baptist church for sale over behind the farmers. Have you ever noticed that church? Yeah, I've seen that building. It's just a little more than we can afford. He said, well, you know, I heard that they'd they'd take about $100,000 less than they're asking for. You ought to call and check on that bill." I'm thinking, this dude's been talking to my wife. I already called them folks. A month later, my son, Rockland, used to love to build stuff out of duct tape. He'd build wallets. And ha- he built a full hat with a brim and everything. Out of duct- he was building. He was playing with duct tape. He was cutting it with a steak knife. And uh, he got his finger a little bit too close to the steak knife. He cut really deep. Called me. I was at work. They were home. We rushed and got him took him to the emergency room, me and my wife, we walked in the emergency room, we're sitting there waiting, you know how you do, they make you wait forever, and this fellow was going around the waiting room, and he was just talking to everybody, if you know Joey Harris, it was that personality, I mean, he was just as mouthy as he could be, he was just as friendly as he could be, he was just talking to everybody in the waiting room, and he finally found his way over to me. And you know me, I ain't never met a stranger. So we just, man, we hit it off just right. And we got to talking and carrying on and we're going. And directly I find out he's a, he's a Baptist pastor from Mountain Home, Arkansas. Mount, why is he in a waiting room in Jonesboro? That's three hours away. Don't he know there's a hospital closer to him? And he said, oh, you're from Lake City. Did you know there's a church for sale in Lake City? There's a building over there behind the farmer's market that's been for sale for a while. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I know all about that building. I done called and checked on that building. That is more money than we can afford. He said, oh, he said, I, I heard. Uh, amen. He, as a matter of fact, he said, I'm a missionary Baptist. He said, it's my organization that owns that building. And when they sell that building, they're going to split the proceeds out of that building. Uh, and they're going to give it to three different churches. And and all we're wanting is $50,000 a piece. And I, I have it on pretty good confidence that they take $150,000 for that building. I told him $150,000 might as well be a million and a half because we don't have it. And I went home. And a few weeks later, I was preaching a funeral. Yeah, I'm slow sometimes. I don't remember Jerry's last name. But Jerry, uh, he, he worked, Gibson, Jerry Gibson worked for Roller Farmers Union. He's retired now. And he we got to talking. Oh, you're a preacher. Where are you from, preacher? Lake City. Oh, you're from Lake City. Did you know there's a church for sale in Lake City, Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah, I know all about that church. I heard about it a time or two. I done checked on it. We, it's, it's really way out of our price range. And he said, Well, I, I, I happen to be on the committee that is selling that building. And he said, It's been on the market a while. If you want it, you ought to make an offer on it. He said, I, I believe that we could be convinced to take $120,000 for that building. so we came home and we prayed about it I guess I prayed about it she'd done been praying about it and uh, I felt like we had a green light from God so we had a business meeting and the church voted we $120,000 more money than we ever imagined that we could deal with but just decided I was going to trust God so we voted to make them an offer, but now my father-in-law had looked at the building. He he had put a stamp of approval on it. His construction guy his way around, but he also taught me how to negotiate. And said, "You'll never you'll never offer what you're going to try to pay for it." So we left ourselves a negotiating room. We offered them seventy thousand dollars for this building. The thing is. God was talking to her and God moved through those various different men but that board that owned this building wasn't listening to God either, they were just like me they had their ears all stopped up so we offered them $70,000 and they got offended, they laughed at us They told us there was no way they wouldn't even give a counteroffer. They wouldn't entertain it at all. We were crazy. See, the problem was they were still asking $280,000. And it hadn't got around to them yet that they were willing to take less. Now, somehow it got around to the Methodist preacher, and somehow it got around to the guy in Mountain Home, and somehow it got around to the guy at the funeral home, but it hadn't got around to them yet so we, we had another business meeting we said well let's, let's try this again we'll offer them $100,000 maybe that'll get them at least to negotiate with us so we offered them $100,000 and they said you know what we'll sell you the building for $280,000 how's that for a deal what we will do is we'll, we'll finance the other $180,000 you bring us $100,000 and we'll finance the 180. <laughs> I dollars I got a clue for you man I had not got $100,000 to my name if you say yes, I don't even know where I'm getting it from. So we had another business meeting. We said we'll make our we'll make a, a take it or leave it offer. I talked to the banker in meanwhile. Norman Leonard handles our church business, and he said I back you up. You just you go make your offer. So we offered him one hundred twenty thousand dollars, take it or leave it. And would you believe, brother Tim? They left it. They walked away. Sometimes God's going to try your faith. I know I'm taking a while, and I'm not really apologizing. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. (coughs) So they, they walked away. A month went by. Two months went by. I think it was six months. It was a youth rally on a Friday night. I ran in to get another microphone. We needed another microphone for the platform of the old building. I ran into the store there, and uh, Perry told me that the building had been sold. He knew we were looking at it. He said they bought it. They're going to put a gospel music theater in there. The guy was in here today ordering equipment for the building. It is sold. So I went to the youth rally that Friday night, and a pastor, friend of mine, Brother Jerry Johnson, came up to me and said, "Man, I know you've been trying to buy that building. How's that working out?" And I said, "Oh, Brother Johnson, I'm so sorry. Man, we found out today they sold it. They got a hundred—I don't remember—it was 150, 160 thousand dollars. Wasn't much more than what we were offering, but it was more—and they sold the building." And uh, I said, then, I said, well, we're just going to we, we we told God, if it's your will, we want you to open the door. If it's not, we want you to shut it. And we're going to take that for an answer, and we're just going to have a revival right here. So we, we got in the pulpit that Sunday, told the church the same thing. We're going to have revival. We're going to have it right here. Monday morning, my wife drove by that building. She needs, <laughs> wherever she, you know, Abraham told, God told Abraham, where you walk and put your foot. She took that stuff literally. Wherever I drive, I just pray. God, give it to us. She drove by that building and she prayed again on Monday morning. Taking the boys to school. 8.15 that morning. 8.15 in the morning. The realtor called me and he said, Pastor, you're not going to believe this. And all the time I've been doing this, I don't know that I've ever, ever made a phone call like this. He said, but you remember that offer that you made six months ago that they reject, that take it or leave it offer? I said, well, yeah, I certainly do. And I was getting ready to tell him, yeah, and I I know the building's already been sold too. And he said, well, they called me this morning uh, and they told me that if you'll tender that offer again and make it fresh, they will accept it. Man, I couldn't tender that offer fast enough. We made the offer, and and they verbally accepted it. They said it has to go to committee, that committee that can't hear from God. And they've got to vote on it. That week, my wife's dad died right in the middle of this. The the death happened, the funeral arrangements. We had made the offer, and we kind of lost track of things. And it was at the funeral home. During her daddy's funeral, Jerry coming and got next to me and said, Pastor, you'll be, you, you need to know this. We had our business meeting last night. They're going to call you sometime today. We're going to sell you that church building for $120,000. <laughs> Talking about a miracle. Talking about two hundred and eighty thousand dollars down to a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Let me tell you what this brick means to me. Amen. Let me tell you what my God has done for me. It was the hand of God uh, that put us in this building. Uh, It was the hand of God uh, that brought us this far. It was the hand of God uh, that made a way when there was no way, that made a way when the situation was absolutely impossible, when it was beyond my understanding. It was the hand of God that opened the door that no man can open. There's the building right there. That's the way it looked like when we walked in here. It had green carpet, green pew coverings, walnut paneling, just paneling, none of the pretty wood trim you see, green glass in the windows. It was stuck in 1970. Bad. We didn't have a dime in the building. One of my preacher friends come by and looked at it. He said, "Well, one thing's for sure: if you ain't going to it long enough, it'll come back into style again." I'm almost done. It was Thanksgiving morning, three years ago, I think, or four. My wife and I and my family, and my boys we pulled up here to this church. We had just finished the paperwork. The deal was done, and it was ours. But it wasn't ready to have church in. The sound system was not operational. The building looked the way that I just... We didn't want to move into the building like that. We wanted to remodel it. We didn't have any money. Me and my wife and those two boys pulled in the parking lot of this church on Thanksgiving morning and we prayed and I wish I could tell you it was some elaborate we called fire down from heaven and the Holy Ghost fell and and angels danced around the car and we just knew that God had heard and he gave us a sign and we walked away with confidence that isn't exactly how it happened we just joined hands prayed a simple prayer I don't remember everything I said. I remember telling God, this is your church. This is your business. I didn't want to, I I wasn't willing to get into this. You did this. And you're going to have to take care of this. We didn't have any money. And the job that needed to be done in this auditorium was massive. That afternoon, we went to my mom and dad's house for Thanksgiving dinner. They didn't know anything that I just told you. My mom and dad never had any money in my life. There were four of us kids. Um, you talk talking about living on a prayer and a shoestring. We lived on prayer and a shoestring my whole life. I walked into mom and dad's house that afternoon for Thanksgiving dinner. That's where we were heading when we stopped at the church. my mom or my dad or both of them I believe it was both of them pulled me off in the back bedroom and son I want you we don't want you to tell anybody about this I asked them I have never told this the way I'm about to tell it but I've I've kept it anonymous but I told him today that I was going to do this called me off in the back bedroom and said we don't want anybody else knowing this but here here's $2,000 wrote me a check said go start your building project that morning I pulled in this parking lot we didn't have two dollars that evening on our way home we come back by this church and we had two thousand uh, dollars and all of a sudden we could see a little light uh, all of a sudden we could see a little hope uh, amen all of a sudden we could see where things were maybe going to turn I said my father-in-law died that whole time period my mother-in-law stepped up and gave twelve thousand I dollars I don't think I've ever told that either Amen. She gave $12,000 so we could put carpet in this auditorium and put pew coverings on these pews and start paying somebody to fix the sheetrock and fix the ceiling. My wife and I had $4,000 in a savings account. We robbed that between the, the three of us. We came up or uh, my family, my mom and dad and my mother-in-law. We put together $18,000 and before it was over we spent over $20,000 remodeling this auditorium and we never borrowed the first dime. Let me tell you what this brick means to me. I got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this building. Uh, Amen. But it's not mine. It's God's. Uh, And what this brick means to me is that when we didn't have any money, God provided. When we didn't know what we were going to do, God made a way. I know it's getting repetitive, but you need to remember, this is where God brought us over the river. This is where we faced the impossible. This is where we looked at something we didn't know how we were going to get through it. And this is where God stepped up and said, if you'll just put one foot into that water amen before you get to the bottom it's gonna be dry this is what this is where we cross the river I'm almost out of bricks I don't even know if they got pictures in the back I'm lost on the pictures that's okay brother Daniel just keep up the best you can just we, we were able to remodel this part. We didn't have this ceiling in here yet. Everything else was done in here. The foyer still had green carpet on the floor, still had walnut paneling. You, you stepped in the door and walked into 1970, and then you walked through those doors and walked into what you see right now. And we were out of money. <laughs> Been there before we were out of money and God made a way didn't seem like there would be any way it's funny how God works there was a tornado blew through here nearly hit the school I was scared to death come racing to Lake City as fast as I can blew a house away just down the road from the school crossed just short of the school my kids were in that school and the wind twisted this roof up here and it tore off the shingles and it done some damage in this auditorium. And by the time the insurance company was done, we were able to put a new roof in this thing, a new ceiling in this room. We sold a little piece of property, and we took the rest of that money, and we remodeled that foyer. Amen. And, and God made a way. I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this. I'm doing this because the God who put Brother Anderson in Lake City in 1976 uh, and who brought us here in 2008, he's not done with this church uh, and he's not done with your life. Uh, you're not finished yet. Amen. He has provided for us. He has taken care of us. He has brought us this far and he hasn't brought us here to abandon us. He hasn't brought us here just to leave us on our own. Amen. He is going to take care of his church. We've never had any huge surplus. We've never had any large amount of money in the bank. We've never operated on anything short of just month to month and week to week. But God has never abandoned us. God has never failed us. He has always been more than enough. I got, I'm a, I got two or three, four more bricks. I'm going to pull out one more brick, and then we're going to worship the Lord together. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you, when Joshua built that pile of bricks, and he said, when they come by here, and they are stones, and he said, when they come by here, and they ask you, what meaneth these stones? Uh, amen. It was not just so that you could go look at them stones and get a history lesson. It was not just so you could go look at them stones and say, yeah, that's what God did for Aunt Bertha. That's what God did for old granny so-and-so Waldrop or somebody. That's not what it was about. It was about recognizing that the God who did that, amen, he's still in the miracle business. Uh, He's still in the business of touching lives. Uh, He's still in the business of taking care of his people. What that pile of stones means uh, is that the miracle is still happening. Uh, What that pile of stones means uh, is that we're in the middle of the grace of God. Uh, We're in the middle of the provision of God. We're in the middle of the miracle, amen. We may not be standing uh, in the water of the Jordan River watching it part. But we're standing in the middle of the miracle. God's not done with us. For as long as we've been in this building, I've been saying we were going to buy that building and put a family life center over there. started the day we moved into this building. Last year in January or February, I don't remember which month, Brother Keith Stokes stepped in this pulpit, he didn't know a thing about what we said. He stood behind this pulpit and he said, God's going to give you that building. God's going to give you that building. Two months later, the Kawasaki dealership moved out of that building. We said, man, we don't want another mess like that moving in beside us. Let us call, and let's just see how much they want for that building. Before it was over, and that building's got warts. It's got water damage. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mr. Emerson got a real friendly appraisal, and it was $230,000. Before it was over, he sold it to us for $30,000, and he carried the note. We ain't even made the first payment yet, and there's no interest. I'll tell you what my faith tells me. He wanted a letter from the church saying we donated that money to him, or he donated that to us, got tax break. I got a feeling before the tax man comes around again we're going to end up donating another $30,000 to him I just got a feeling that when the man of God said God's going to give you that building he didn't just mean that we were going to make a few payments along the way we may have to buy $150 worth of bricks before so I just got a feeling God's going to give back uh, amen I got a feeling that what well, I can't see the end of this story I can't see where this thing wraps up uh, I can't see how it all works out uh, but let me tell you what this brick means uh, this brick means to me that the same God uh, that worked a miracle with the bricks on the old building, uh, he's not done with that building over there, that God that has provided over and over and over again, he's still in the business of providing for his church, Uh, he's still in the business of taking care of his own Would just stand with me, I have I have gone long enough We have come this far by faith. You didn't get anything else I said today. You need to get that. Brother Anderson, we got here by faith. We got got where we are right now because we weren't afraid to step out on faith and say, Lord, I just believe you can do it. We got where we are right now because we put our faith and confidence in the call of God, the will of God, and the purpose of God. And I come to this house on a Sunday afternoon to tell you that you are called of God. Yeah, it's not just for a preacher. It's not just for a pastor. It's not just for a man of God. God has a purpose for your life uh, in Lake City. Uh, God has a purpose for you in this church. Uh, amen. God has a plan uh, for your life. We got here by faith, and we're going to take the next step by faith. God's going to open doors. God's going to continue to provide. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up, amen, to the sound system. Brother, why don't you just join us? Come on. Amen. We're going to worship the Lord for a few minutes. We're going to magnify him. There's a church in Lake City for a reason. You are here for a reason. God has provided for us over and over and over and over again. And He has not brought us this far to abandon us. He has not brought us to this place to leave us. This is the start of a new season this is the start of the next step and I'm asking you by faith amen to step out of where you are we're going to come together The pastor, we're supposed to do worship first, then we preach, and then we come to an altar and boohoo. I done done all the boohoo, and I want to do. Amen. We done we done we, we done preach, and we done boohoo. And what we're going to do now is we're going to magnify Him uh, because I want you to understand. I've told my story, and I've told His story, and I don't have the time to tell your story. But I believe the God that was there for Him and the God that was there for me is the same God that's going to be there for you. He knows your zip code. He knows where you're living. He He knows what's going on in your life. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't abandoned you. He hasn't left you. He's going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you what we learned in the hard times. I'm going to tell you what I've learned in the hard times and what I know that Brother Anderson has learned in the hard times. We've learned uh, that when we don't know where to go and we don't know what to do and we don't know what else to say, just to throw our hands into the air and begin to magnify Him. Uh, we learned uh, that whenever we can't find the answer, uh, it's okay to go ahead and praise Him. Uh, we learned that whenever we know what we're going to do next, uh, it's okay just to begin to build an altar, a memorial, and say, I remember when. I remember when. Amen. I remember the last time I didn't know where I was going to turn I I remember the last time I didn't know what I was going to do the Bible said that whenever they came and they raided David and his camps took his women and his children away they came home and they found their village burned their houses gone Wives and children Taken into captivity And the Bible said that they There was rebellion in the camp They were going to kill David It's his fault He brought us here Look what he has done to us My Bible said that David Encouraged himself In the Lord he encouraged. You know I just kind of think that he sat down for a minute maybe he sat down on an old stump somewhere or a rock and he thought you know look at this terrible situation uh, that I find myself in. Uh, look at what, uh, Lord I was just trying to obey you. I was just trying to follow you. I was just walking by faith and look where I have ended up. Uh, maybe he was sitting there and getting ready to launch into a pity party or something uh, but something clicked in his mind uh, and he began to remember a lion uh, and he began to remember a bear uh, and he began to remember a giant uh, and he began to tell himself uh, the God that has done it before I believe he's going to do it again Uh, the God that has delivered in the past uh, I believe he's going to take care of me again I come to ask somebody in this house on a Sunday afternoon would you step out by faith uh, and encourage yourself uh, in the Lord Uh, would you take confidence uh, would you take faith in the fact uh, that he that has done it before he's going to do it again amen they're gonna sing. They're gonna worship. The Lord, I'm asking. Get out of your. Get out of your pew get out in an aisle somewhere amen get out in the altar somewhere put your if you don't know how to dance uh, put your hands in the air and begin to magnify God uh, if you don't if you don't you don't know how to shout uh, amen if you begin to tell him how good he is and how great something begins to happen uh, amen I, I can't explain it uh, I never learned the dance moves uh, but when I begin to praise him uh, something inside of me just can't be still anymore